Hello, welcome to Free Your Children. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. My mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There is a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry will equip you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs, Safe Storage has you covered. Contact Safe Storage of Columbia, Mount Pleasant, and Hohenwall at safestoragetn.com. That's safestoragetn.com. If you would like to sponsor Free Your Children, you can contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. If you're interested in finding out more about Free Your Children, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, my email address, freeyourchildren at gmail.com. You can also find me at the Borough Pulse. That's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E.com. I am a monthly contributor there, and you can read all of the articles I've penned to date about education. You can also find me on my new website that will be going live soon, freeyourchildren.com. I want to send prayers out to everyone affected by the school shooting in Colorado. We are praying for everyone affected by this. I also want to encourage everyone, if you haven't already, to start a family Bible study time. Our family is currently reading in the book of Lamentations. We should finish that up today. If you have not started reading your Bible together as a family, just pick it up. Start in Genesis and it will transform your life. So I want to encourage you to do that. I am very excited about tonight's guest. Her name is Audra Talley. Audra was homeschooled during the early days of the modern homeschool movement and had a front row seat to the battle for homeschool freedom in her state of Idaho. After completing her homeschool coursework, she attended the College of Idaho, where she graduated with a BA in political science and history. She and her husband, Bruce, currently reside in southern Idaho, where Audra homeschools the younger three of their four children. The oldest is grown. She is actively involved in the local community through a local co-op. She and her husband manage their church's homeschool group along with other ministries, and they sit on the board of Homeschool Idaho, a statewide homeschool organization that exists to inspire, promote, and preserve the homeschool way of life. Audra contributes regularly to Homeschool Idaho's quarterly magazine and loves to encourage homeschool families along their homeschool journey. Welcome, Audra. We are so happy to have you with us. I'm so glad to be here. Can't wait to chat with you. Absolutely. This is so exciting. I follow Homeschool Idaho on Facebook and social media, and I absolutely love the information that they put out. It's so informative, and we're going to jump into that in just a few minutes. But could you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're a homeschool mom, so could you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your family's homeschool journey? Well, my homeschool, my family's homeschool journey started back when I was a child. Um, And like I said, in the early 80s is when I was old enough to start schooling, and my parents went ahead and opted to homeschool all of myself and all my siblings. Um, and it was, it, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. It really, it really formed, um, my identity being homeschooled. And of course now with my own kids, I, I'm just carrying on the tradition because I feel that, uh, biblically speaking, homeschooling is the best, uh, way to disciple our children, both 
in the Lord and in their education. Amen. And that's what we're biblically required to do, disciple and teach our own children. So what do you see today? How is the homeschool community different, do you think, today than it was when you were being homeschooled as a child? Well, when I was a kid, homeschooling was pretty much fringe and was largely limited to political or religious conservatives. Uh Um, Those who homeschooled did so out of conviction, similar to the convictions uh, my parents had, which is, again, the biblical admonition Mm -hmm. to uh, nurture our children in the Lord. Um, And so resources were pretty limited back then. You were pretty isolated uh, from other community members because it was such a fringe thing. Mm -hmm. These days, it's it's a lot more mainstream, but while it's conservative in nature, it does encompass a wider range range of religious convictions and Mm -hmm. political ideologies than used to be the case. Mm -hmm. It also has a large contingency of parents who were actually driven to homeschooling because of what they don't want their kids learning in the public schools. Exactly. Yeah, and so it used to be homeschooling was an extension of personal ideals and convictions. And mm-hmm. and today it feels a little bit more like a place where people end up mm-hmm. because they're running away from the public schools. Yeah, I so would agree do- with that. And I think, don't you think that a lot of that really started coming to the f- forefront with COVID? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think the parents got a real front row seat to what was going on in their schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of, of frustration and anger over that. And I think there was a large backlash, a lot of it driven by fear um, to move into kind of the homeschool realm of things. And it definitely has changed the why or impacted the dynamic of why people homeschool these days. Yes, absolutely. Well, you are a board member of Homeschool Idaho. So could you tell our listeners exactly what Homeschool Idaho is and what they offer the community there in Idaho? Sure. Um, Homeschool Idaho was uh, actually the result of a combination of two organizations that have been functioning in the state since the early 90s. Uh, The Idaho Coalition of Home Educators, came into existence in 1992 and was very instrumental in where our our laws are today in the state. And then the Christian Homeschoolers of Idaho State Choice came into existence in 1998 and was really driven by kind of the ministry arm Mm -hmm. of the homeschool community and uh, also instrumental in our current laws. And so Homeschool Idaho kind is a a conglomeration of those two wings. One is kind of legislative and focuses on where the laws are at and protecting our homeschool rights. The other branch or arm of our organization really looks at ministering to the homeschool community. And, and for us, that looks like conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we just hosted our first um, Homeschool Idaho North Convention because our state is quite large mm-hmm. and very spread out. So we hosted that back in February. We host an annual convention here in Southern Idaho. We offer a quarterly magazine um, and we offer a platform, uh, Facebook, Instagram, for the homeschool community to really interact and uh, communicate and support one another. And and of course, this legislative session, we had a lot on our plate. Absolutely. Um, You've on been that busy. Side, so. <laughs> Absolutely. You've been busy. I've been watching all of that unfold, which brings me to the next 
point that I want to discuss tonight, I found Homeschool Idaho because of your stance on school choice. Mm-hmm. And if anyone that has followed for your children for some time has knows, clearly knows uh, how I feel about all of this, but I would like for you to explain uh, what is Homeschool Idaho's stance on school choice. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, in the simplest terms, Homeschool Idaho is against any legislation that puts public dollars into the hands of private individuals for their private education. And it's largely and driven by the fact that anytime money passes from the government into any individual's hands, there are regulations that must come with that. You know, our government is statutorily required, constitutionally required, and in Idaho to run a balanced budget, which means they have to track every dollar, every penny that leaves the public coffers. Right. And um, money is a really easy way to implement regulations in areas that have previously been untouched. Exactly. And I say over and over again here on Free Your Children that what the government funds, it runs. They're going to demand accountability for any monies that are given to homeschools or private schools. And and then with that comes all the regulations Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are attached to these monies. Could you tell us a little bit about how you've seen the school choice narrative um, attempting to affect homeschooling in Idaho this legislative session? Well, there's a lot of fun little slogans that are that are thrown around, you know, fund students, not systems. Mm-hmm. We've all heard that one. The money should follow the child. That's another fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those, again, are they're fun slogans, but they aren't an accurate picture of what legislation giving money to families will look like. Um, the the. The fund student, for example, the fund students, not systems is a great idea, right? Right up until you see that in order to fund those students, you actually have to create a system Yes. in order to manage the program. And in Idaho, that that fell in all our laws that we're trying to be passed this year, that fell under the Department of Education. So we're still technically funding a system, Mm -hmm. um, even if money is being routed differently. So there's a lot of misleading language being used. Absolutely. They want to package it up really neatly so that it sounds really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the, the public at large, a lot of families, even homeschool families, they do not understand why school choice is dangerous. Um, right. You know, and, and I, I I just had a conversation this morning about this very thing. And, and I, it was a homeschool parent. And the homeschool parent said, said to me, well, it's my tax money. And I feel like I should get my tax money back and be able to use it how I see fit to educate my child. And of course, I told this parent, once you pay taxes to the government, it no longer becomes your money. Exactly. And then when they give it back to you, if or if they offer to give it back to you, that money is going to come back with strings. What do you say to families that, that say those same things to you? Well, it's my tax dollars and I want it back. Well, and like you say, the, the the money when it comes back, once you pay that to our government to do its job, which it does mm-hmm. have a defined purpose and a defined job, and once you give that to them, that is their money. It is right. no longer ours. Now, <clears throat> um, it, it the regulations that come with that money 
when they hand it back are a lot of times not um, obvious to begin with. But one of the analogies I like to use with parents is that it, it, with that, it's my tax money. I want some of it back. We pay tax money to build and maintain public parks. Absolutely. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we ask for that public money to come back to us so we can put a pool in our backyard, mm -hmm. the conversation is different. And just like a the government must monitor and maintain those public parks, if you take that money to put that pool in your backyard, they're going to need to monitor that to make sure that it is maintained according to the standards of all public parks. Absolutely. So yeah. that's that's the best analogy so far that we've that you know that I am able to chat with parents that kind of start connecting the dots for them. Yes, and and like I said, it sent, they package it up really nicely. And and I also had someone. We are currently dealing with some legislation like this in the state of Tennessee. We actually have a homeschool rally <laughs> that was scheduled for yesterday because this show is recorded. So yesterday we were supposed to go up to the uh -huh. Capitol, to our um, Capitol in Nashville, and discuss why we were in opposition to this particular legislation. It's House Bill 1214 and Senate Bill 1194. They mm -hmm. wound up deferring it for two weeks in the House. But initially when this uh, legislation was presented or introduced, it specifically specifically targeted the homeschool community it called mm -hmm. us out specifically in the uh -huh. amendment it was a 13 page amendment that that they had introduced and what it was going what what it was attempting to do was to change the homeschool laws in the state of Tennessee and so the result of this if it were to have passed um, was that they wanted to change the homeschool laws in the respect that they were going to add another homeschool option to our homeschool statute Okay, And so this particular option would, if a parent chose this option, it was a, a homeschool option that would allow homeschoolers to enroll in public charter schools. So if you were a homeschool parent and you decided that you wanted to register under this option, you would then legally no longer be considered a homeschool student or a homeschool family. Your child would then become a public school child. So, you know, I know no homeschooling parent ever that I've ever spoken to in the history of homeschooling that would register under an option that would then, by default, consider their child a public school child. That completely goes against why you would be choosing to homeschool in the first place. So right. I know you and I were speaking before um, before we started this interview, and you were sharing some things about that as well. Would you like to expound upon that? One of the unique features that we have here in the state of Idaho is our lack of uh, a clear definition of homeschooling mm -hmm. other than what is defined by policy through the Department of Education. And it specifically states that homeschooling is unfunded and parent directed. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the, the issues that we've dealt with is that when we when these laws are targeting homeschools and um, working to get homeschoolers to accept these ESAs, people aren't realizing that they change their status from unfunded mm -hmm. to a funded 
school at home model, much like um, some of these bridge programs, you you were talking about charter schools. We mm-hmm. have a lot of, of public private bridge programs like Tech Trap, Harmony and Overture mm-hmm. um, that function within the state. And they are technically enrolled in a public school mm-hmm. when they use those programs. Right. Well, ESAs kind of tell it, these ESAs that we dealt with this year were really not very specific about the fact that if you took the money, you would be considered enrolled. They were so vague mm-hmm. um, that that any number of, of regulations could have come down through policy and implementation mm-hmm. of these laws that that you couldn't even really you couldn't even really discern how that was going to happen because they were so broad. Mm-hmm. But we had to look to other states where similar laws have been enacted, where similar legislation was being pushed and build off of that reality that once you accept public funding, you are a public school student. Yes. Um, and there's just no way around the regulation that will come with that. Yes. I tell uh, my followers over and over that Christian schools or homeschools that accept government funds are no longer private. They're, they become exactly. public because they're receiving taxpayer public funding fund. and yep. what the government funds it runs. So, yes. You know, there there are a few points that I always like to discuss when we're talking about school choice and all of these programs, whether it be ESAs or vouchers or tax credits, all the different little pretty packages that they like to introduce. Um, Let's talk about accountability a little bit. So how do you think accountability, how do you think the school choice initiative affects accountability if private schools or homeschools accept government funds. We talked wow. about it earlier. You you had, yeah. had said that, you know, the government legally um, won't, they're required to. They're required, yeah, yeah, to monitor those. And a lot of that accountability up front would come in the form of state testing. That's uh, a lot of these bridge programs do. That's their measure of accountability as as IRI tests mm-hmm. for participants in these programs. And, and that's a first step, a camel's nose in the tent, so to speak, yep. for further regulations. And and but what what we were finding, especially um with opposition, you know, a test is only one measure of accountability. Mm-hmm. And the state can't make multi-million dollar decisions off of a single test score. Right. So there's going to have to be monitoring not only of uh, educational outcomes, but when you're handed a blank check, essentially, of, you know, thousands of dollars for, and I'm, you know, air quotes here, mm-hmm. educational materials, what are those educational materials look like? Mm-hmm. And we have seen in places like Arizona, where those dollars are being misused. Mm -hmm. And so the state oversight also has to account for misuse of those dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, And the easiest way to do that is to create a list of, okay, these are the items you can buy, which limits homeschoolers. And then there'll be audits that will come as a result of that. Yes. So now you have an auditor coming into your home to say, okay, did you spend your money on actual educational materials? Mm-hmm. And as soon as they can dictate what qualifies as educational materials, you, the, the, the biblically based homeschool curriculum you've been using for the last five years, if it isn't on their approved list, you can't use it. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. We have had here in Tennessee, we have a lot of families that are moving into our area, into our state, and a lot of them are homeschoolers. 
And they have fled school choice states that implemented some of the things that you're speaking about right now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were th- we were thankful that they reached out to me because they were able to share their experiences, their negative experiences of why this is so dangerous to homeschools right. and private schools. And we are going to be doing a series with those parents in the future. And, and it doesn't even necessarily, it won't necessarily even just be parents from the state of Tennessee that live here currently, but all over the nation that have seen this overreach into um, homeschools and private schools and how this has actually been a detriment. And I have said that we homeschool, the majority of us homeschool because of autonomy. And autonomy is the quality or state of being self-governing. So what happens is when you start accepting government funding, you lose your autonomy because you're lumped under their umbrella and then they have the authority and the ability to tell you exactly what your homeschool or if it's a private school accepting the funding, exactly what you're going to teach, exactly what materials you're going to be using, exactly how your homeschool day or your school day is supposed to look. And you spoke, you just spoke, you mentioned this, no more faith-based curriculum. We have um, a family, I have a friend that that their family previously lived in Alaska and they owned a Christian-based um, bookstore. Uh-huh. And when they started passing school choice legislation in Alaska, um, it pretty much was the death of their family's uh, Christian-based business because those families in Alaska, those homeschool families that wanted to implement these programs that the government was so kindly allocating to them to give them money to purchase curriculum, guess what types of curriculum they were not allowed to purchase? Exactly. Faith-based. Exactly. Well, and one of the things that that when you start having money come in and the government tell you, okay, here's your money. Here's what you can choose from. What it does is it creates this mental and emotional dependence on the government money in order Mm -hmm. to educate your children. And again, you lose that autonomy, that sense of independence of personal responsibility for educating your children the way the Lord has defined and required us to do it. And that dependence feeds the system, feeds yes. the, the the movement towards control. And when you're dependent, you are more willing to submit to mm-hmm. whatever regulations or rules are brought down because now you, you're relying on these dollars rather than your homeschool community and your friends and family and church. And that, that again, grows that system, grows that mentality of the government funds are how we live our lives is off Mm -hmm. of government money. Absolutely. And I get so irritated because the wording is so deceptive. It sounds on the surface, like Mm -hmm. it's the whole goal of this is to help families and to help children. But, you know, there's nefarious roots to school choice. And, you Mm -hmm. know, Charlotte Isabay sounded the the warning in the eighties about this. And, and unfortunately not, not many people heeded that warning and they're, still continuing to push this nefarious agenda, but school choice is a misconception. These in general, because the funds rarely ever cover the entire cost of a private school tuition. If you're a parent that thinks that you're going to get this funding and it's going to cover all of a private school tuition, that's misleading. So yeah, at best. And a lot of times private schools will go, okay, we have X number of dollars that the government will fund. Well, 
our parents were already funding X number of dollars. So we're going to actually increase our tuition. So the parents are yep. still paying the same amount, mm -hmm. but now we can capitalize on the money that the government will pay us. Right. And, and another thing that, that really just makes my, <laughs> just, just really gets me riled up here is the fact that for Christian homeschoolers, and you spoke about this, especially in the early years when parents were homeschooling in the 80s, and, and even today, there still are a lot of us. We're Free Your Children is a Christian-based ministry. This is a Christian uh, radio station. And then mm -hmm. two, uh, the majority, well, the Christian homeschoolers, we choose to teach our children from a biblical worldview. So right. that is the driving um, force behind what we do because we want to impart a biblical worldview within our children. And so those parents, a lot of them, when they decide to homeschool, that is their foundation. That is why they're they're making the decision to homeschool. So the right. problem is with these school choice initiatives, if you accept government funding and then they, the government is dictating to you what you're going to have to be teaching, it's going to be the same things that are taught in the public school system, which teaches that that our Christian faith is a lie. So you are going right. to, you're going to be required to teach the very thing that you say that you don't believe in. So well, you're recreating the public school model and mindset and philosophy yes. in your home when you start relying on government money for your child's education. Absolutely. And so we really need, you know, it's become one of my many missions here at Free Your Children. And I know Homeschool Idaho as well, because they do a phenomenal job with the information that they put out trying to educate um, the masses about why school choice is dangerous and why, yes. you know, we need to steer clear of it and fight any legislation that comes to the forefront. Because ultimately, what the intention of this is, is to make all forms of education public. So yes. would you agree with that statement? I, I would absolutely agree. And I feel like one of the questions that parents are not asking right now when they look at these dollars is, who am I partnering with when mm -hmm. I take these dollars? Mm -hmm. Okay, when we when we educate at home, you know, as moms, we're partnering with our husbands and with God in the education of our children. When we accept public funding for that education, we've added another person or another entity to the equation. And now we're, pa we're partnering with the public schools, with government to help us educate our kids. And the partner with the money makes all the choices. That's right. And I, I think that sometimes we get boggled and we get all starry eyed about, oh, this money can buy this for my family. We've always wanted to do these things, but we never could afford it. But now we can. And we always have to come back to that question of who are we partnering with as parents in the education of our children? And the biblical admonition is to not be unequally yoked. Mm -hmm. And that's not just a marital relationship. That's a spiritual relationship with fellow believers, with government, with other people we interact with. So we have to be careful of who we are yoking ourselves with, who we are partnering with as homeschool parents. Amen, Audra. Wonderful words of wisdom there. Um, before we jump off here, let's go back to your personal homeschool experience and give some encouragement to our listeners out there. How did homeschooling, do you think, prepare you for what you do today? Oh, wow. That 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 could be a long story. <laughs> I'll have to have you back so we can expound upon that. But briefly. Yes, yes, because I, I believe 110% that homeschooling is the best way to educate and raise your children. Amen. Um, 
what I feel like homeschooling in, in terms of preparing me for the world, there's a couple of things. One, it was really part of, it became part of my foundation in the Bible and mm -hmm. in my faith in, in Jesus Christ and my relationship with God. So it really was a supplement to that. It really helped secure that in my heart and my mind, both in a spiritual sense, but in a logical um, academic sense as well. So mm -hmm. those two things kind of went hand in hand. Um, but I also found that homeschooling prepared me for the real world in that I could converse with anyone. And one of the best ways to learn anything is to talk with people and engage with people and learn from other people's lived experiences. Um, I was never afraid to ask questions, which has in various public settings gotten me the label of skeptic because mm -hmm. I ask lots of questions. Um, <laughs> it it <laughs> it also led to a lot of opportunities in in jobs and in uh, scope of responsibility. When you ask questions and you learn, people see that oh, this person is engaged with what they're doing. Maybe they can take on more. So exactly. I the the range of experiences of jobs and volunteer work and mission trips all kind of grew out of that willingness to explore and learn new things on my own. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I could go on for hours. <laughs> well, but. we will have to have you back on so that you can go on for hours and hours because this has absolutely been fantastic to have you here as our guest tonight. Could you tell our listeners where they can find Homeschool Idaho? Yes, we are on the, we have a website, homeschoolidaho.org all lowercase. Idaho is I-D-A-H-O. Uh, if you scroll down for anybody who's interested in our ESA frequently asked question page, that is uh, homeschoolidaho.org slash ESA dash FAQ. But if you scroll down on our main page, you can find that. And for your listeners for your homeschool organizations, co-ops, you are absolutely welcome to use that ESA page in any way you see fit to help educate your community. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook under Homeschool Idaho. And we're, we're out there. We're everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. I will have all this information linked as well over on my Free Your Children Facebook page if you would like to connect with Homeschool Idaho. I want to thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs, reach out to safestoragetn.com. They are located in Columbia, Mount Pleasant, and Hohenwald. And I would like to leave you with this. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 54, 17. We love Amen. you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.